Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Today, an Obama-era U.S. immigration law is being examined in federal court. The legality of the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, also known as DACA, is in question. The Biden administration is trying to resume the program after a Texas federal court declared it illegal and paused new applicants from joining the program. Here's NTD's Melina Wisecup with more. Today, the fate of DACA is in question as the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans hears arguments. The program prevents deportation of more than 600,000 illegal immigrants, many of whom are now adults but arrived in the U.S. as children or teenagers. The Justice Department is defending the program after a Texas judge ruled that the way it began was illegal. It's, it's hard to argue that DACA is anything but illegal. I mean, they, they, they tried to create a, an immigration amnesty program out of whole cloth when Congress wouldn't vote for it. In fact, Congress repeatedly failed to pass the DREAM Act, which is the legislation that's like that DACA was modeled on. And so uh, the Obama administration just decided, now we're just going to do it ourselves. And that's not the way any of this works. Texas and eight other states states in the suit go further, arguing that they are harmed financially by allowing immigrants to remain in the country illegally. Mark Krikorian, the executive director for Immigration Studies, tells us that there is a place for a program like DACA to protect the most vulnerable, but there must be enforcements. A limited, narrow version that dealt with the truly most sympathetic, compelling cases and that was balanced with enforcement measures to try to limit the likelihood of future people being in this situation. For now, the DACA program is still intact for illegal immigrants who are already benefiting from it. But the government cannot approve new applications while the program is being challenged in court. And today in D.C., the Center for Immigration Studies held a panel to explain the multitude of lawsuits that the Biden administration is facing for their immigration policies. This includes their attempts to end Trump-era programs such as the Remain in Mexico policy and Title 42. The lawsuits are also challenging Biden's new immigration policies he's implemented since taking office. Given the fact that the Biden administration, by and large, isn't enforcing the immigration laws uh, in the interior of the United States, it's really setting up a constitutional challenge in which um, that will probably come to pass. The speakers are brainstorming ideas for how Congress can pass new immigration laws to quell the chaos at the southern border. The former Deputy Secretary of Homeland Security, Ken Cuccinelli, says the first step is for Republicans to strengthen their stance to make changes. If they detain every illegal who comes across this border, then you've ended catch and release. I don't really believe the Republicans have the fortitude to do that, not in the face of the kind of numbers that this administration is inviting over. The latest immigration policy at the forefront is the Remain in Mexico policy. The Biden administration got a win last week when the Supreme Court gave the White House the green light to end the Trump-era rule that required illegal immigrants to stay in Mexico to await their court dates. But so far, the Biden administration has not ended the program. There are actual uh, legal issues that are still remaining. In fact, the Supreme Court admitted they didn't even tackle the hardest legal issues. It was a very narrow decision. 
And it's not the end of the line for the Remain in Mexico policy. Arthur tells us he expects this challenge to go back to the district court to work out more details. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskup, NTD News. Several Texas counties are declaring a border invasion on the southern border. They're calling on the state to make the same move. Texas Congressman Michael Cloud joins us to discuss. Congressman Michael Cloud, thank you so much for joining us. Sure, it's good to be with you today. Congressman, we're seeing a bit of a shift here where officials are calling this illegal immigration crisis down on the southern border an invasion. Uh, is this the case, and how might this change the approach of the states uh, dealing with illegal immigration now? I can tell you, for those of us living in Texas, we've seen this firsthand for months, for years, and it's only gotten worse under the Biden administration to a whole new level. You know, we've been calling for this to be called an invasion for quite some time now because really we see the border being unchecked. Cartels have complete control along the southern border, complete operational control. Nothing gets in and out of the country without the cartel's permission, basically. And migrants who are across the border are paying thousands and thousands of dollars to these cartels who uh, are you know, well-funded, they're well-armed now, uh, they have technology that they're working with and all these things to make sure that they basically have a leg up on what our administration's willing to, to provide our border patrol who are supposed to be protecting and serving our border, but their hands are tied and they're left to do processing, uh, unfortunately. It's, it's really tragic, the situation that's going on and uh, this administration's done nothing to stop it. Congressman, how consequential is immigration policy uh, going, going to be come November in the midterms, especially for border states? Well, border, border security is the issue here in Texas, and certainly South Texas. It's a big reason why we saw Myra Flores recently uh, elected. It's why we see uh, the areas of Texas that the Democrats have been trying to, quote, turn blue, uh, going absolutely the opposite way. The extreme left has tried to turn this into an issue. We see now the Biden administration really fighting Arizona's attempt to say only citizens can vote. And so this is all tying into people are beginning to see. They're finally starting to say out loud the things that, that we've wondered if were their objectives all along. And so this in, in Texas, it's our schools, it's our hospitals, it's our communities who are having to to carry the burden of this. I, I talk to on a weekly basis who will find bed, dead bodies on their property. You know, they, they will come across the rape tree that's on their pro property because of what the cartels are doing. I, I've had ranchers come and cartel members say, you know, stay off this part of your property here in the United States of America tonight because we'll be, uh, we'll be using that part of your property. So, you know, the Constitution says that the federal government will protect against invasion. And, and so certainly people here in Texas are experiencing it and also experiencing the failure of this government to protect us from invasion. Are you concerned at all that the lines sometimes get blurred between illegal immigration and legal immigration? And, and what do you say to the, you know, the other side that sometimes paints Republicans as anti-immigrant? Well, you know, I can speak firsthand to this. My, my wife is a naturalized citizen. So this is all about honoring, respecting a right process, a legal process, and de-incentivizing 
an illegal process that only funds cartels. You know, when people are thinking of coming to the United States and their first thought is, oh, let me go to the cartels and let me let me go through the right process, that's a huge problem. And this administration's continued to incentivize and enrich cartels in the process who are undermining uh, Central and South America. They are undermining uh, our the safety and security of our communities here at home. It's it's pretty tragic that this has been the, the policies of this administration, especially after we have seen in the past administration what works at the border. We can fix this. We have the power to fix it. We need to step up and do the job that we're supposed to be doing. So currently the way, you know, things are playing out, do you think there are grounds to potentially impeach the president over the lack of action um, to stop the flow of illegal immigration? Well, I've called for the impeachment of Mayorkas. I, I certainly think there's grounds for it because he's not enforcing the law. Uh, of course, <laughs> this is it's just the chain of command right now, you know, from a pragmatic standpoint, because then you go to Kamala and then, then you go to uh, Speaker Pelosi. So uh, we need to see uh, the we need to see November turn out the way it should. We need people to show up at the polls and do what we can to stand against the leftist agenda, this anti-America agenda that's happening uh, in the United States. You know, we all at some point were uh, children of immigrants. Uh, almost all of us at some point come from uh, immigrants. So it's it's not about whether we like or dislike. We want to honor a proper process. It's about restoring the rule of law, whether that's on the border or whether that's in our cities or whether that's in our judicial process. The whole republic rests on founding and an understanding that the rule of law is the thing that binds us together. It's the thing that makes us all equal under the law. It, uh, it's it's the the ethos in our founding documents that makes Americans. And, and so really, this is what that's about. And we have to have people at the reins of who understand that it's their job to live by the law and to enforce the rule of law. Congressman Michael Cloud, thank you. Thank you. A George Mason University law professor recently argued in his publication that the Republican Party must return to its roots as a progressive conservative party. Here are some of my exchanges with Professor Frank Buckley. Frank Buckley, thank you so much for joining us in the Capitol Report. Thank you for having me. Frank, your book is called Progressive Conservatism, uh, and in it you say that the Republican Party needs to return to its roots as a progressive conservative party. Uh, if you could, tell us, what is progressive conservatism? Well, it's, a, it's the history of the GOP, in fact. So go back to, historically, the great leaders of the party, and you've got, first of all, you've got Eisenhower, who said the party must be progressive or else it's going to die. You've got Teddy Roosevelt, who, of course, was a progressive. And you have Lincoln, who was a progressive in all but name. I mean, his internal policies were were, were indeed very progressive, right? Homestead Act, railways, um, land-grant colleges, right? This is a progressive agenda. But what's happened in the Republican Party is you get these progressive leaders, and then what follows is a period of right-wing reaction. And most recently, after Eisenhower, we've had 60 years of 
basically right-wing politics, Goldwaterism, whatever. And that really ended in 2012 with Mitt Romney. I mean, he took it as far as he could, and he didn't reach uh, the goalpost. And, and so Trump was, in a sense, and I'm not making an apology for Trump by any means, right? I mean, you know, what, what happened in the Trump administration was extremely disappointing at best and, uh, you know, and, and quite horrible at worst. So one has to get over Trump, but at the same time, the GOP should remember what Trump brought to the party in terms of a return to an historically progressive party. I think the message for the future is, look, you don't want Trump, but you also want the, the, the ideas of the people that Trump brought to the party. And that's historically what the party has been uh, from, from Lincoln onwards. You know, in a way, it's it's a refiguration, a reconstitution of the party, of American politics. I mean, we tend to see American politics in terms of North versus South, but I, I think West versus East may be the way we should think of it now, because what the West meant was mobility as opposed to Eastern aristocracy, and Republican virtue as opposed to Eastern corruption and nationalism versus cosmopolitanism. In 2014, a poll was taken that said, for the first time, Americans no longer think that their kids will have it as well off as they did. And that's just, that's devastating, right? That's the American idea. The idea of American is everybody can get a kid, get ahead and your, your kids will have it better than you did. And, and, and that was betrayed. We become a very immobile society. So we, we, we need to do something about that. And when you think about it, uh, you know, the, the, the Trump claim was the people who are getting in the way of mobility are following policies set by, by the liberals of the country, right? Yeah, you know, uh, there may be such a thing, there is such a thing as structural racism, but who built the structure? So we have to dismantle all of that. That's kind of the Western challenge in American history. Let's get back to the idea, which is Lincoln's idea. Lincoln created the idea of America, right? Let's get back to that and emphasize a country or build a country where everybody can get ahead and your kids will have it better. Break up the aristocracy. Frank, in your book, you talk about the importance of nationalism, uh, yet we're seeing polls uh, this year around the 4th of July that show record low sentiment uh, of Americans being proud to be American. Uh, what does this mean for the future of the country? Well, I think it's a snapshot of where we are politically right now. I think it's a reflection on our current president, frankly, if you want to know. Um, but here's something about nationalism that a lot of people didn't get. Um, Particularly on the right, there are these dissatisfied people on the right who keep talking about how great you know, Hungary is, for God's sakes. And I don't know much about Hungary, but I know something about the United States. And I know that American nationalism doesn't mean anything unless it's faithful to the ideals of the founders. That which is a liberal is not American. And secondly, what people, the so-called nationalists, haven't really understood, I think, is if you're a nationalist, you're committed to look after all Americans. So, you know, if you get back to those roots in the party, it'll be a very successful party. Frank Buckley, thank you so much. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. 
Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon. Music